0: Hi, this is Jeff.
1: And this is Mariana.
0: And we're professional storytellers who love books.
1: Welcome to Fiction Friends.
0: Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature.
1: From classic reads and old time favorites
0: to modern romance and contemporary thrillers.
1: Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books.
0: Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. And for this episode, we chose It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. Before we talk about the summary of the book, I think I want to ask you how you would classify the genre of the book. Would you call it a romance novel?
1: It is. It is.
0: Because personally, I feel like it would be a disservice to the book just to label it as a
1: Ro- exactly. fic- as a
0: romance novel. Because I feel like it's so much more than that. And I went into it expecting like you know the typical love story trope. And you know if you read the back portion of the book, it's this love triangle situation, and you feel like you've read all those kinds of stories before.
1: You wouldn't want to read it, but after reading the back of the book. I don't know like it doesn't make me want to read the book.
0: Yeah. I feel like if you merely label the book as just a romance novel it it doesn't fully define what it really is and yeah. it would put off a lot of people to reading it. So with that um I feel like this book should have come with a trigger warning. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But then if it did yeah. if it did guy okay, people are going to be like oh so something's going to happen but the readers, they experience the journey with the character. When she yeah. finds out about it, that's when we find out about it. It would be best to experience the journey with her. So if you put the yeah. trigger warning to it, people are not gonna, like, people are gonna know but there's something that happens in the book.
0: Yeah. Okay, so with that, I feel like maybe we can go over the spoiler free summary. Okay. So the book starts off with the protagonist. Her name is Lily. And the book is written from her perspective. It's written in a first person. We start off with her on the top of a roof and of a building in Boston. And she had just come from her father's funeral, I think. And I think she was upset because she had to give a speech that didn't go over so well. And she was looking for a place to be alone and process her feelings and while she was alone on the roof another guy enters and this is where we meet the first love interest who is Ryle Um, and from there uh, Lily and Ryle have this, what, would you consider it a meet-cute, like what they refer to it in Ron Con yeah, some kind of a meet-cute That moment triggers a series of um, events that entangles the both of them, romantically entangles the both of them. And eventually someone else, another guy from Lily's past named Atlas, comes into the picture and he complicates things between her and Ryle. It's packaged as a love triangle story, but as you make your way through the book, it becomes something so much more than that and yeah do do you have anything to add did I miss any parts of the summary
1: so we're not going to elaborate first on what it is about because it's important that you read it with no expectations because everything was so unexpected Do for the main character so it would be best to experience the journey with her I also dove into this book without knowing what it was about how about
0: you same same okay same um for for new listeners the way the show is formatted is we start off with a spoiler free review and um if you've read the book already we'll transition into a sp- review with spoilers, with spoilers that you can listen to after um we'll tell you at the at the part of the podcast we're in we'll start to getting into spoiler territory so for now um we're gonna talk about the spoiler free review of the book Okay, so, um, Mariana, what were your initial thoughts of the book without giving too much of the plot away?
1: Um, This book doesn't have a lot of characters. It doesn't have a lot of characters, so it was easier to attach yourself to each one of them. And I didn't feel like the characters were lacking because I got a pretty good Mm -hmm. idea of what they were like to a point that I found most scene outcomes predictable, especially with Mm. Atlas. And Ryle's sister, <clears throat> Alyssa. Like, their characters were already very predictable. <laughs> so I got to know okay. them in that level, so... which is great. How about you?
0: Okay, um... I don't... Li- I, I wouldn't be friends with any of the characters. Like, in real life, none of them would be my friend.
1: You think? Maybe
0: except for... Maybe except for Marshall. <laughs> um, but other than Marshall, none of them would really be my friends. Um... Maybe Atlas, but I feel like we don't get a good idea of who Atlas really is in the present day. We know a lot about who he was and his background in the past, but we aren't really introduced to who he him, who he is in the present day. So the way that the book is written is it's written in the first person and she talks in the present tense. For me as a writer, stylistically, I, I, I hate it when writers uh, tell stories in the present tense and then they end up mixing it with previous tenses. She she occasionally goes back to the past tense when she starts having flashbacks or yeah. talks about um, her feelings for previous events. And I hate that just because I hate how my mind has to jump between what's happening before and what's happening now. So I'd rather, person, personally, as a stylist stylistic choice, as a writer, I think I would prefer to read a story that's just either purely present or purely past. Um, but a lot of the times it's easier to just tell the story in the past tense. But that's just my little pet peeve as a writer also.
1: I like that better. Na there was a part that she had to talk about the past through the letters addressed right. to Ellen DeGeneres. Like, for me, lang ha, I didn't... like When I was reading the book during the first part, I was looking forward to the letters to Ellen because mm-hmm. I didn't like mm-hmm. what was happening in the present. Like I found everything so right. cringy. So I was looking forward to when she right. would read the letters So I could get another story and appreciate it more. Like, okay, this is more entertaining. I'm leaning towards this. So that's what I like about jumping from past to present.
0: Right. If you haven't read the book yet, Lily has this thing wherein she keeps a box of letters that she used to write to Ellen DeGeneres, but she never sent them to her. Which she uses essentially like a journal, right? Like a diary. It's almost like a diary wherein she recounts to Ellen everything that happened to her um, when she was in high school. And as we're reading the story of what's happening to her in present day, she occasionally goes back to that box and reads through her letters uh, to Ellen. And essentially, that's the way of that's um, Colleen's way of doing flashbacks, of giving us a glimpse into the history of the lives of. Well, mainly Atlas and Lily, since um, Ryle wasn't around yet at that time. So it's interesting. It's very gimmicky for me as a writer to. Uh, usually, when writers write flashbacks in books, they just jump straight into the flashback. There's no yeah. need to set it up in like in the form of a letter or whatever. And I found that very gimmicky. <laughs> um, I didn't like it personally. Um, I, I don't know. Did you like? I, I you like? Did you like that it was in the form of a letter?
1: Yeah, I did. And I really yep. like Ellen. I really like Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> I was like, yes, perfect.
0: Okay. So here's here's a little nitpick thing that I also have about that. Because I feel like uh, when you're writing in the first person, you have to uh, write from the perspective of the character. And I feel like reading... Uh, Reading Lily's letters to Ellen from when she was a high schooler doesn't sound that much different from reading Lily's words or thoughts in the present day. I feel like they are practically adorable. the same person, yeah. even though many years have passed. And like I'm sure Lily has gotten so much smarter, but high school Lily seemed really s- smart and self-aware and so mature. In the way that she wrote those letters, that I found it really unrealistic for a high schooler to be writing those kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's just a minor. I have a lot of nitpicks with this with this book. Uh, spoiler alert. So um, overall, I feel like I was reading two completely different books. Um, there's the book at the first part where it's mostly a love story. It's a love triangle. We're learning about the relationship between Lily and Ryle. And then we're learning about Lily's past. And these wacky cast of characters who are in Lily's life now. Um, including Alyssa and her husband Marshall and Lily's roommate. And uh, their life yeah. that they have now. And suddenly, Atlas gets thrown into the picture. And it becomes this really complex complicated and I think very cliche love story and which encompassed the first three-fourths of this book but then right to the last quarter of the book it takes on a very dark and serious tone yeah which I feel like added a lot more depth to the book and I wish I wish that could have been the majority of the book for that reason I personally gave the book two stars on Goodreads, oh how, how many God. stars did you give it? Four. <laughs> you gave it four. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I I understand. Like, honestly, the book could have been so much better if it weren't for the little nitpicky things, which we'll talk about um, along the way. If I, I won't spoil it for everyone, but there are a bunch of I have a bunch of little nitpicks. Um, why did you give it four?
1: I gave it okay. so um, okay, straight up, it was because of the message of the book, because you don't okay. Okay. get that theme without anywhere right. and I feel like that maybe or maybe I'm just not super aware that there are books of course there are a lot of books like that but it's not like I have never experienced reading a book Bana. that was the specific theme and I feel like like a lot of people know about this book and it's important that yeah. people get to read that book because of the message right. that's why I gave it four because we need
0: no that. I agree with you I i feel like the messaging of the book especially um when we get that big reveal towards the yeah. end i feel like it's really it really is important and i feel like it's a very interesting story to tell yeah. it's just that the way that the story was told in the first like, i couldn't forgive the way that the story was fleshed out especially in the first, in the first
1: part. part yeah like
0: i couldn't overlook that i agree um, for for all of her uh I, i'm sure she's a very talented writer it's very evident the way she she, she 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 has such a way with words where the way she describes sceneries and emotions and um, events taking place in the book, it's just you're, it's so easy for you to picture it in your head. Yeah. And I feel like um, that was a trend all throughout the book. It was really, it was such an easy read, I'm sure. Oh, right? yeah. we, I, bo- I think both of us finished it within two, three days. Um, yeah. It was so easy to breeze through it. And that's part of her talent as a writer, but I feel like she really lacked in terms of particularly in character development and plot and just the way that the story was structured, I feel like there was a lot of room for improvement. Um, That's why I only gave it two stars. What other general thoughts do you have? Okay,
1: so in our podcast, we want to take on different genres. So we picked this book Mm -hmm. under the romance genre because it had crazy high ratings. So we wanted to read something like that And we heard a lot Mm -hmm. of good things about the author, Colleen Hoover. And Jet and I Mm -hmm. were not really fans of romance novels. So we wanted to pick something that was really talked about and it had high ratings. Because personally, we both do not really like... I mean, we read romance novels. This is actually
0: my first Colleen Hoover book. Have you read other stuff? No.
1: No, also. This is my first also. also.
0: I I can tell she's a good writer. I can tell, like, she has that skill. Oh, storytelling. Especially in the way that she uses sentences and words. The way she puts them all together to paint a scene. It's really good. She's very nuanced. Um, It's just that overall, there was just something wrong with the structure. What did you think about the pacing? Did you feel like the book was paced fairly well?
1: It was fine. It wasn't dragging though. Like, it wasn't dragging. It like,
0: wasn't dragging.
1: Yeah, I it like how, like, stuff kept happening back. I don't want to dwell on a specific yeah. scene for so long. But, like, the meet-cute in the beginning, it had to be long because they had to talk about something.
0: But I don't think I ever found myself wishing, like, oh, I wish they would just get this over with. No, like, I, f- I always felt, like, every scene was...
1: Paced properly. Um,
0: intentional. It was necessary. Like, okay what happens next what happens next i never felt like oh this was unnecessary this was unnecessary oh,
1: yeah, no, um, no, no, no.
0: so i feel like in that sense it was paced relatively well um my last thought my last point on um her writing style i feel like uh it's the kind of book where you don't really have to recruit too many of your brain cells to read it because Colleen, like, exactly. Hoover, she's the kind of writer who like who really wants to spell everything out for you like if if she wants you to know how a certain character is feeling, she's gonna let you know. It's not something that you have to figure out on your own. Yeah. Like if Lily's interacting with Ryle, she'll write it out that, oh, I noticed that Ryle has an angry look on his face. Like you don't have to figure that out on your own. She'll tell you. Yeah. And if you're looking for that kind of book where you, you really don't have to read between the lines and just uh you just wanna be spoon fed everything, like this is that kind of book this is the kind of book that you would like. So I feel like Lily, Ryle, and Atlas were very fleshed-out characters. Like, I knew what their motivations were. I knew their histories. Because this is where Colleen spent most of her time writing about. Like, we knew who these characters were, what they wanted out of life, and why they were the way that they were. Yeah, so I feel like outside of the three main characters, every other character was so poorly developed and so unrealistically cartoony. Alyssa, in particular... Was such a cartoony character i feel like she was such a caricature like super happy cheery all the time like the first time we're introduced to her like she's stumbling into a random space and she's asking for a job but she's she's carrying an hermes bag or something like that yeah and, um it's just really off but like you would never encounter that kind of person in real life Really, I, you- I feel
1: like there are people like that
0: and i understand that her role is to play comic relief like i understand that that's what colleen wanted because it's without her it's a really dark book without the Alyssa character it's a really dark book it was too much wherein she was too much of a comic character to the point where I, I just couldn't take her seriously Lily's mom we didn't spend a lot of time on her but towards the bo- towards the end of the book there's something that happened. there's a conversation that takes place um, at the end of the book wherein I feel like her character comes full circle and that's
1: also my favorite uh, moment I wrote that down and asked my favorite uh, moment
0: Right, and we'll get to that later, later on, on the show after this the spoiler. But that was the saving grace for that character. Um, but other than that, it was basically just the three main characters, and everyone else just was just ha- just happened to be a part of the story somehow without any real depth or contribution. Um, to sum it up, overall, I agree that the book had a very important message to tell. It had a very important story to tell. Um, And it's a story that doesn't get told very often. And for that reason, like it is a book worth reading. It's just that there are too many little inconsistencies and nitpicks that I can't get over. Especially with the way that the story was structured and the way that characters were developed. I feel like it could have been told a lot better. Yeah. But it's still an easy read. Colleen Hoover is very talented. And um, I still recommend it for anyone who wants an entertaining light read that they can just breeze through in a couple of days or so. Um, so who do you think this book, is, this book is for, Mariana?
1: Um, This is a book with a very powerful message. The genre being new age fiction also, I can yeah. recommend to ages 20 to 40, people who like to read fiction, romance novels. Yeah. So, This is also a book that I can recommend to people who want to start. Who want to start reading. Right. Because this is an easy read, but with a heavy theme. So if you're, I feel like people who don't usually read would prefer to read a book that they don't have to super think. You know, just like for para it can be a hobby to them if they want to start reading books. This is a book I can also recommend to them. So if you're looking into substance, lessons, and all that, and you know what? I I can also recommend this to people aged 17, 18, 19. Like, they might not enjoy it as much as people our age do, but they will Mm -hmm. learn a lot, especially when it comes to relationships and self-worth. So this is an eye-opening experience for me, as I've never read something that focused solely on this specific theme. So I guess right. it it's also fitting for younger people like they also need yeah. to read this. Like they need to know this at an early age.
0: Yeah, cuz it tells the story of people who largely are uncomfortable with telling their stories because it's such a sensitive yeah. matter, right? So exactly. I feel like in that sense it's it's a really important story to tell.
1: Mm-hmm. This concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you haven't read the book or if you plan on reading it in the future, then come back and join us for the conversation in the second part.
0: So it was first published in 2016. Um, Since then, it's been translated to over 20 languages it has a rating of 4.4 out of 5 on Goodreads, which is really high. If you're not familiar with Goodreads, that's a really high rating. High Um, rating. And that's partly one of the reasons why Mariana and I chose to review this book in the first place, is because of that really high rating. Um, In 2016, it won Best Romance Novel um, for the Goodreads Choice Awards. And um, there... The rights to this to this book were bought by a company called Wayfarer Entertainment, um, supposedly for a movie. Um, they were bought in twenty nineteen, but there is there is really no development on that part yet. But I feel like this would this book would make a really good movie. What do you think?
1: Yeah, of course, of course.
0: Yeah, it 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 seems like a, it's a really marketable story. Story. Um, ah, a- another interesting context around the book. Uh, it's based on real life events.
1: Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Um at the at the end of the book. There's an uh, author's note. In the end of the book there's an author's note and it's where Colleen sheds more light on the inspiration of the story. So, Mariana, can you tell us more about it?
1: So, yeah. it's actually based also on her story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um it turns out Colleen Hoover was writing it um, Off of based on her own experiences.
1: Experiences. But she just made yeah. it kind of different.
0: Of course, she changed a few details for the sake of storytelling. But yeah. it's interesting. I think it, it changes the way that you look at the book and the way that she wrote it. Um, yeah. You gain more appreciation knowing that the, it was, the story was being told by someone who actually went through it, right? And
1: you know how you uh, know how in, at this point, ba, um, people usually you know. discredit things Nah. Oh, that's not how it happens. Like, example, with rape or with with abuse, things like that. People usually, like, fight and saying, Aha, but that doesn't really happen. But blah, blah. Like, did you experience it to know this is how it goes? So at least, like, with Mm -hmm. her experience in the... It gives, like, more credibility to the
0: book. Right. It added a new dimension, like a new layer of depth to the book when you find out that she actually went through that.
1: People can say, oh, how does she know?
0: Okay, so I think we can move on to favorite quotes or cringy quotes. I don't know how we're going to... I feel like I have more cringy quotes than favorite quotes from this book. Um, Do you want to start?
1: Before I start, I want to ask you a question. So did you ever have a whoa moment when you read the title in one of the lines... Now, when yeah. she says, it ends with us, like you were like, wow, right. did you have that
0: reaction? Yeah. <laughs> Although, as I was reading that monologue, it happens towards the end of the book, right? When she's when she's with her baby and everything, yeah. and she's talking to her baby. As I was reading that monologue, I felt like, okay, I, f- I feel like I know where this is going. And then when she actually said the line, it ends with us, I'm like, okay, yeah. And I, I feel like those moments in books in particular, like when they say or when they talk about the scene or the moment where it relates to the title of the book. I feel like it always has to have that wow factor when you're like, oh, so that's why. <laughs> and, and yeah, I I, I guess I kind of got that with this. It wasn't mind-blowing, but it, it, it's a powerful message. It was a powerful message, and I feel like it did justice to the book's title.
1: Yeah.
0: Was that what you wanted me to say?
1: Um, yeah, because I didn't get that super wow moment. I was like, ah, Okay. So, so favorite quotes, I'm only going to be mentioning the ones that I like. Not the cringy ones. But anyway. so I only I have, have three, two. I only have two. Three quotes that I'm going to mention. The first one, the first quote was also a nice way to look at relationships because I've never seen it uh-huh. from this point of view. But it's not really a quote. Right. I think I
0: back. know what you're talking I mean, about. I don't know if yeah. you can.
1: This isn't really a quote, quote. But I like this. The message. The message.
0: Right. I think I know where you're going.
1: This is the message that Ryle sent Lily. So Uh it goes like, I was worried that being in a relationship would add to my responsibilities. That's why I've avoided them my whole life. But after tonight, I realized that maybe a lot of people are just doing it wrong because what's happening between us doesn't feel like a responsibility it feels like a reward and I'll fall asleep wondering what I did to deserve it like I really like this quote because I've never looked at relationships like this it's always
0: mm-hmm. to me
1: it's always a responsibility
0: uh I, I agree that it was such an interesting way to look at relationships but I don't know how realistic that is because a lot of the times like relationships are work like they require a certain level of work. But I like the way that he put it, where um, it shouldn't have to feel like, even though it's work that you have to do, it it you shouldn't be miserable. I think that's what he was trying to say. Yeah, Um,
1: but don't you think it was only applicable uh, because their relationship was new? Of course, when it's new, it's always like fun and happy and all that. uh, Yeah, yeah, and it's not a responsibility and all. But it was a nice way to look at things.
0: I I actually had that also.
1: Oh, so you wrote that down.
0: Also, I don't remember who said this. I think it was Lily. No, it was Lily who said this. Um, it's not the person's actions that hurt the most. It's the love. If there was no love attached to the action, that pain would be a little easier to bear.
1: I didn't. I, I don't remember reading that. Like,
0: <laughs> but it's is it isn't it like a really powerful line? I think it's yeah, after. It it's after Riley hits her the second time. Oh. For the first time, I'm not sure. And so, yeah, essentially she, what she's saying is, like, if she didn't love Ryle, it would be so easy for her to just be like, eh, okay, he hit me. Yeah, yeah. But, like, but since she's so in love with him and she knows even though she's he's such a terrible person for doing that, yeah, she's still so in love with him. And that's why it hurts even more to have to go through something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's very beautifully written. And I feel like it's stuff like this that makes Colleen, in my eyes, a really good writer. Uh, yeah. It's very succinct. It goes straight to the point and it's very poignant. Yeah. Do you have another quote?
1: Yeah. The second quote is also one of the most important quote that Lily's uh-huh. mom had to tell Lily. Yeah. So this is also it's for us. Yeah. For people uh, who continuously give partners unlimited chances to the point where we end up tolerating gaslighting and all others. So, this is what she says. Every incident chips away at your limit. Every time you choose to stay, it makes the next time harder to leave. Eventually, you lose sight of your limit altogether because you start to think, I've lasted five years now. What's five more? But I just felt like this part was so essential in the book.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like it redeemed the book for me. That moment, yeah. I actually listed that down not as one of my favorite quotes, but it's one of my favorite, favorite moments. moments.
1: It's also, uh, yeah, which leads me to my favorite moment.
0: Yeah, that It completely summed up the message that the book was trying to, sell, to, to say in the first say. place.
1: Yeah, that's why I found because... that very important.
0: Yeah, right. How you can never really judge a relationship unless you're actually in it. And it it can be so easy for you to say like, why, why, if this guy hit you, why didn't you leave him at the first time or the second time? Like, why did you stay? Why did you continually stay? And yeah, uh, like it's so easy to say that when you're from the outside looking in. But since Colleen wrote it in such a way that you were the person who was in that relationship and you were the one getting hit once, twice, three times, and you stayed, it's so interesting to see how that can alter the way you see things. And I think that's the whole point of fiction and literature in general is just to put you into the mind and the shoes of someone else and figure out their situation and uh, be more understanding and more empathetic towards them. So I feel like, yeah, that quote in particular is very important. Like we said, it's one of our favorite, one of probably my favorite moment of the entire book.
1: Yeah, mine also. My favorite.
0: Okay. Last one.
1: Um, So this line is just cheesy. And I, I found okay. it cute but yeah no reason okay. it doesn't make the book or anything it's when Atlas says in the future if by some miracle you ever find the position um, to okay. fall in love again fall in <laughs> love with me yeah. like I found that so nice yeah. like I can actually use that you know
0: when when I read that part I was like okay this is gonna be a rom-com this is a, such a rom-com line so, like <laughs> yeah. I can imagine like Channing Tatum saying this to someone or something.
1: Yeah, this leads <laughs> back to how it's really a romance novel. I was like, ah, yeah. going yeah.
0: back,
1: it's a romance
0: novel. It's a romance. It just reminds us that, like, yeah, there's a love triangle going on and there, you're still gonna get your cheesy lines. <laughs> Even amid all the dark themes of the book. Okay, so I think that sums up our favorite quotes portion. Yeah. Um. The next portion is supposed to be favorite moments, but i f- I'm, we're going to change it up for this episode because I'm also going to include the nitpicky moments. The stuff where I was like, that okay. didn't make sense. I- I'll go first. Um, with a
1: nitpicky one.
0: Did, uh, we briefly touched on this. They're meet cute. The whole thing on the roof when they were meeting for the first time. Who has conversations like that with strangers?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I actually added that to what, what we didn't like. I yeah I found that very cringy. Like I was getting secondhand embarrassment yeah. from it to be honest. I ma- can't remember the part where Ryle asked, "What's another great mystery of Boston?" And then she goes like, "Your name." Do you remember that?
0: Oh my god, no, I do not. But that's that's so cringy. I got I got goosebumps right now just listening to that. <laughs> like, oh my god. can you hear yourselves talking, talking to each other exactly. right now? You look disgusting. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: there was another one. It was when Ryle sent yeah. Lily um an uh a letter ba, like from the flower or something, uh it says Namurag, oh, you're so that. addicting. I'm having withdrawals.
0: Yeah, I hated that. What did you think of the whole running uh the whole um what is it, naked truth thing? Where I found it annoying. Ryle and Lily would be like naked, naked truth. truth.
1: I yeah. found that annoying. Like what? Especially the first part, it was repeated a lot. Naked truth, blah, blah, blah. Naked yeah. truth, blah, blah. Like, yeah. Can't you just be normal and just say it? Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, <sighs> I feel like it was really forced. I, I don't know. I, I was so super cringing during those naked truth moments. Same. Why Why can't you just come out and say it? Okay. I want to move on to my second nitpick. Yeah. So, Lily's in Boston. She's been working for this marketing firm, I think, for like a while. Um, I'd like to believe that she's relatively well off. Um, <sighs> she's comfortable. She can afford to like rent her own apartment and whatever. So she buys a building because she wants to run a business. And so it happens six months down the line after she meets Ryle, right? After she meets Ryle, six months down the line, she buys a building. She quits her job. Yeah. Mariana. How does a marketing executive buy a building and not have a business plan for what her business is going to be? <laughs> like, she's figuring out her business plan on the day when she bought the building. Yeah. Like, what's my store going to be? What? How am I going to sell my flowers? What's the name going to be? Like, these are stuff that you have to think about before you put the money down for a building. I, I couldn't overlook that part. Like it was her mom who had to told her, You just have to be brave and bold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that's just part. have to be brave and bold. Mm-hmm. And then uh yeah, she has to be. She bought the building. Like she she doesn't have a plan. <laughs> she has no choice. She has to be brave and bold. I don't know. Um I just couldn't overlook. I felt like that was really stupid.
1: Like, I wish she just rented.
0: Right. So maybe yeah. she's just like Alyssa. Yeah.
1: Now she's working, but she's super well off. Like that, but
0: I, I, I don't think we were made to believe that Lily was super well-off also. I, f- I feel like, I don't know, I just found that part really weird how you would buy a building and not know what to do with it.
1: Yeah. Until, Until that moment that uh, you bought
0: you- it, yeah. Okay, so a- another moment when Lily and Alyssa meet for the first time. That, I thought that was really weird. W- were you okay with that? The way that that, that friendship started?
1: I, I wrote that also. Okay. It was like too right. good to be true, but like how convenient is it yeah. that Alyssa also happens to be exactly. the sister of blah? Like, as right. if Boston is so small, and good ba? Like,
0: I don't know. I, I, I felt like number one. Would you really just like accept, someone to work? Would you really accept someone to work for you who just came off the street and exactly. was like, had no experience? Like, really? No, I don't. I don't know. She made a lot of poor business decisions in this in this book.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then she came out very successful. Like, that's impossible. And she
0: got very successful. I was like, yeah, again, a lot of a lot of stuff to nit- nitpick with this book. I, you mentioned the part where Ryle buys her flowers for from her own flower store.
1: Yeah, Lily. Like,
0: ah. Oh. And uh, it was so cringe. I was like, Again, like it was all of this happened in the earlier parts of the book where and they're just starting to fall in love, and it's like very rom com and very, very cringy. And again, the second hand embarrassment is so real. Yeah. What did you think of Ryle showing up at her apartment that one random day because he was desperate to have sex with her?
1: I don't know. Like, that's why yeah. I looked forward to reading Lily's letters to Ellen as she introduces yeah. a story with Atlas. Because I found the entire beginning, like the entire yeah. Ryle and Lily situation to be really bad. She kind of liked him first, if you think about it. Yeah. Or maybe it's... Just-
0: no. The, the first time they actually hook up, uh, the first time they actually kiss is at uh, whose birthday party. was? It? I think it was Alyssa's birthday party. Somebody yeah. was having a party at their apartment. Yeah, And then... I found that moment really weird where Ryle... Appa- Lily was just about to leave because she had just had this argument with Ryle. Remember that? Yeah. And then as she was about to leave, he just picks her up and apparently brings her to his room in the middle of a party. Like, can you Im- imagine that scene playing out? Like, you're you're one of the people at that party and you see that playing out and you're like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> 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 yeah, I I've, I've found that moment really cringe. Yeah. yeah. And then they end up sleeping together for the first time. And when I say sleeping there, they just fell asleep. I have another thing to bring up. I feel like Ryle, a lot of the time, his, his character was portrayed as such a caricature. Like, there was this one scene wherein, wherein Ryle just shows up at the flower flower shop. And then he has his stethoscope on. Because he's, he's a surgeon. And he's wearing his stethoscope when he shows up at the flower shop to to Lily. Which is... How many doctors do you know walk around with a stethoscope, the stethoscope. on outside yeah. the hospital? And then um, they end up having sex in the flower shop. And he ends up using the stethoscope, stethoscope as like a prop. Yeah, you I remember that? that.
1: Yeah, I don't want to remember that.
0: Yeah. I hated that. Then he was like, I need to get your heart rate up to 140.
1: It reminded me of zinc.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly because like while I was reading, it, I was like, "Do you know how hard you have to be working in order for you exactly! to get your heart rate up to one forty?
1: One forty, exactly." I
0: was like, "That's not easy." Like, what what are you guys doing? What kind of sex are you having? Is that even possible? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Yeah, that scene is so <sighs> bad."
1: But, That's like so I was just bad. thinking, bana he was just like it was just uh what do you call that but like pretending pretending bah, like what do you call that for like role play like I feel like that role one, play. like okay. role play like it didn't really like reach one forty yeah.
0: <laughs> um I don't have any more nitpicks that I wanna bring up i i I just I just wanted to point out that there was a lot of those, of of those moments yeah. like those in the book where like
1: to justify what
0: you gave it to yeah yeah like i can't overlook them like even though the overall message of the book is really good like i can't overlook those little moments and be like ah okay i'm just gonna give this a high score because no they were really poorly written Written, and i feel like they shouldn't have been there okay that's maybe we can talk about some good moments um yeah. There's this moment wherein um, Lily has this internal monologue with herself where she realizes that um, uh, she's comparing her situation with her mother's situation. Like, what happened? She was scared that she was turning into her mother.
1: Yeah.
0: And then she was she was saying, like, uh, but the difference now is that um, her mother didn't have a choice because she was financially dependent on her dad. Yeah. Like, she couldn't leave. And they had kids. I mean, they had they had Lily, Lily, so like she couldn't leave Lily alone. And but Lily and Ryle, they were just dating. Like they didn't ha- they weren't married. No, they were married, but they didn't have kids. And she was, she could fend for herself. Like she had a job, she had a she had a business, quote unquote, that was doing well. So she
1: also makes excuses for Ryle the first time.
0: She keeps on justifying every situation by saying, "No, it's not the same. It's not the same." But then. But then she comes to this realization that like, just because the situation isn't the same doesn't mean that the abuse isn't there. Yeah. And then once 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 she made that realization, she was like, Okay, this is this is not something I can live with. And then that's when you really start to see the book take on a more serious tone. And I feel like that's when the book really started coming to life. Oh, um, there's also this part of the book where Lily made this slight commentary about how Society views victims of abuse and how um, they look down on victims of abuse more than they look down on the idea of abuse itself. Abuse, yeah. Yeah. A lot of victims of abuse are always like afraid to talk about what they've been through just because they're afraid of what people might say.
1: Yeah. But like, it but... makes me wonder lang ba, what would have happened if Atlas never showed up? Like, if she didn't have someone, yeah. where would she have gone? Like, I felt na. Because she had an right. option. Someone who loved her, who was waiting like there, and someone who could also right. afford. I felt right. like that made leaving not as hard because she knew now mm-hmm. she had someone already. Right. Now, I also kind of wanted mm-hmm. to see a side Now, I don't want to change anything, but I just wanted to see a side na without anyone. What would have happened? Would he. Th- would have. Would it have ended nah her forgiving Ryle? Like if there was no one there, what would it have made right. forgiving Ryle easier? If there was no
0: I don't think she would have.
1: You think she would I
0: think I think the baby I think the baby was the changing factor. The changing factor.
1: factor. Right?
0: When she saw that she had a baby, like she didn't want I think her prime motivation for leaving him was really like this, the cycle has to stop. It really ends yeah. with us. Like, it-, it shouldn't continue any further, regardless of what my situation is. I'm not gonna put up with this guy because. Yeah. Yes, and then I think my final favorite moment was. I think we talked about it earlier. It was the moment with her mom towards the end. I feel like that's the most also. important.
1: Um, so two of my favorite moments re- revolved around the same phrase used in two different situations, because I got theory eyed in both. Situations. It was when mm-hmm. Lily's mom was so proud of her na. she said, I want to be you when I grow up. That was one of my oh, favorite yeah. no, moments. And yeah. it was the same line yeah, Lily used when she told her mom what was going on and that she was abused and the entire conversation she had at her mom's place.
0: Yeah. And then she goes yeah.
1: and then she tells her mom na I want to be you when I grow up in that exact scene. So, it was like a realization. But I love that moment because um, she finally realizes how strong her mother actually was for enduring all that. I love how she also realizes and points out that it's so easy for humans to make judgments when they're standing on outside of a situation. And I feel like that's the part that makes the book. Like, this was the most important scene.
0: Yeah. And just to contextualize it. Yeah. Like, she was going to her mom's house... She was already expecting her mom to tell her to yeah, stay exactly. with Ryle, right? She was she was expecting her mom to to tell her to stay. to stay. And when her mom comes out to say like, You're really brave for what you're doing. Exactly. Like, it it changed it was like a drastic shift in just the just the tone of the book in general. I feel like yeah, I feel like that scene was really well written, well played out. Um it saved the book from a one star. <laughs>
1: No, She spent years judging her mom for all the choices that she made. Like, this was, yeah. So I feel like it was also, like, the redeeming part.
0: Oh, and this was the scene where her mom tells her that she actually knew what she was doing when she was giving that that eulogy for her dad.
1: Now she froze on purpose because she didn't want to say anything good about her father.
0: Yep. And then, at the start of the book, Lily was like, Oh my mom, she 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 tries to stuff this kind these kinds of issues under the rug. She doesn't like to deal with it, but it turns yeah. out her mom really understood what's going on.
1: Everything, yeah, yeah. and yeah. she found and the mom found Lily brave for that. Yeah, I thought na, I actually maybe maybe some people might find the the scene where she gave birth and she tells Ryle na. Um, what would you tell your daughter if this man blah what do you tell your daughter if I feel like some people would like that scene but me I didn't know after the mom scene I was like okay this is solved like that. I'm the same yeah that yeah. scene it could go the giving birth
0: actually like I found that scene really weird. Is that really the conversation you would want to have right after l- giving birth? I feel like she could have waited at least a few days.
1: But, <laughs> para- you know,
0: like, giving birth is really stressful.
1: Stressful. I feel like it was because like it was always in her head and she just wanted to let it out.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other moments you want to talk about? No, no. Okay, so I guess we can round up this review by giving our final Our final thoughts. Thought. Um, on the book. you want to start?
1: Okay, so first I would want to point out how Lily is one of my favorite heroines. And reading... Oh. It, it, This makes her a hero for her child. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, right. she's like, a hero for her child. And reading this book makes you so proud of her character. I honestly wish... Like, at the back of my head, as much as I loved Atlas, I wanted Ryle and Lily to just work out like there were parts na I wish na it would just stop. Like he'd completely stop all the abuse, and they could be happy. They could be a happy family again. But then it doesn't work mm-hmm. that way. And I love how Lily did what she did, stopping the cycle, even if it hurts for both of them. Right. And I didn't like the way the book started, but I like the way it developed. How Ryle was painted as someone you can fall in love with. I like the comparison we get. Now we get to see. Two types of abusers, seeing one of them in a different lens, one who wears scrubs, mm-hmm. a distinguished neurosurgeon. Cause what we usually right. see are drunks, wearing wife beaters uh-huh. or whatever. So yeah. yeah. And then the whole the ending also made the book more real. Cause it always d- cause it doesn't always end in rainbows and butterflies. So it was as real as it can yeah. get. And I yeah. love the p- I love how Ryle's past trauma. Didn't take over like it wasn't being made as an excuse for his behavior. Like yes, we know that Ryle shot his brother and tried to put the brains back in his head, but it wasn't used all the time, ba as an excuse. Mm-hmm. No, oh, mm-hmm. like, Mark, It was just part of the story, but it, it was never like mentioned, ba right. na to quan his actions yeah. to justify his actions. Cause yes, that was so traumatic, but I was expecting it to be used as an excuse because like, it was mentioned in the middle right. so I thought nah oh my god so this is the excuse that he's gonna be giving all the time when he hits her but then it wasn't used as an excuse so I like that for the book
0: yeah and I think it also highlights how like no matter how successful you can be yeah um, your career your profession doesn't always um, it's not always the big it's not always the full picture yeah so I think that was also an important st- um, message that Colleen wanted to convey. Yeah. Like not everything is always as it seems. You can be as really in, in love as uh, with one another as a couple as you can be but there can still be abuse there and that's what we saw between Ryle and Lily because I don't think anyone's going to doubt that they loved it- They loved each other. They were really yeah. in love. Um, They were invested in the relationship. They were both all in. It just so happens that uh, they had issues, internal issues with themselves that ended up imploding the relationship yeah um so would you would you recommend this book to uh, your close friends to everyone who's listening right now yeah Yeah,
1: definitely people should read this yeah that's what i rated it for
0: i would i would recommend it with a warning that you're gonna have to get through a lot of really cringy writing
1: i thought it was the (laughs) other warning the trigger warning about the
0: oh okay yeah that also like um careful trigger warning there is abuse there are talks of heavy themes of abuse in this book um if if you have trauma with abuse or um being in abusive relationships um be careful before reading this book so yeah you're gonna have to like be very patient as the story develops if you're not fond of the whole cheesy relationship love triangle trope that they always play out in rom-coms then um, you're gonna have to endure the first parts of the book, but if if you do, you'll be rewarded with some nice lines, some nice moments here and there, yeah. and um, it it gives you really good insight into what it's like to be in an abusive relationship. Like yeah. it can be so hard, it can be so easy to judge people and relationships from the outside. But um, what this book did is it succeeded in helping us empathize with these people with these characters with these fictional characters and with with people in our everyday lives like maybe they're going through the same things and um, it helps uh, it helps paint a clearer picture of what abusive relationships really are and maybe it will leave readers be becoming a little more cautious um, before they judge victims of abuse especially yeah do you have anything else to add? no no No, okay. So I think that concludes our review of It Ends With Us. Thank you for listening. Uh, Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you stay updated with every new release. We hope you tune into our next episode. Um, Happy reading. Bye.